Starting at verse 3, it says, He, meaning Jesus, left Judea and departed again for Galilee, and he had to pass through Samaria. He had. I want you to underline that in your Bible, highlight it. He had to pass through Samaria. Verse 7 says, A woman from Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. For the Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For the understanding that we have according to the scriptures is that Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. And the Bible says that Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. As we skip to verse 15, it says, And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may not be thirsty or have come to here to draw water. Once, I want to say this, it's important in this context, that once you invite Jesus into your life, expect him to get to work on you immediately. And it says, she, he said to her, go and call your husband and come here. And the woman answered, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying, I have no husband. For you have five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. Verse 28, so the woman left her water jar and went into town and said to the people, come see a man who told me all that I've ever did. Can this be the Christ? My question today is, can this be possibly the answer that you've been looking for? And in our last verse is verse 39. It says, many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritan came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this indeed is the Savior of the world. I would like to give you a subject title today. It is, Don't Forget About the Middle. Don't forget about the middle. Can we pray? Father, we thank you for this moment that you've given us, and we thank you that we can honor you in this moment, that you will do more than you could ever imagine in our life. God, I pray today that the hearts of your people would be able to receive the word that you have to say. For Father, we love you, we honor, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, we say amen. Amen. It's good to be here in God's house today. And I'm so glad that you're joining us and you're connected with us in this moment. I believe it's important that I open the context of what we're speaking about and what we have an idea to be able to even talk about. Today, I want to talk about, don't forget about the middle. As we are in this fight for uh, equality and justice, uh, we are to break the strongholds and the chains of racism. We find ourselves elevating in a place in life where uh, uh, we're gaining ground in who we are and the message that we are trying to get across. 
But oftentimes I find that uh, when you begin to gain ground or you get ahead in life or you find yourself in a place where uh, uh, you seem to be doing better than what you were doing, you forget about where you came from. You forget about the places you used to be. You forget about the moments of where you used to exist. You forget about uh, when things were tight. You forget about when people looked down on you. And we oftentimes run so much to what is successful and what looks great that we forget about where we came from. We forget about the past. We forget about uh, uh, the area in which we had trouble. And, and, and I think this conversation that Jesus is having is not to just the Samaritan woman, but it is to us. It, 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 because the Bible says that as Jesus was leaving Judea to go to Galilee, in, in the Palestine region, you, you, you had uh, Judea, you had Samaria, and then you had Galilee. And it was needful that Jesus go through through Samaria. It was needful because oftentimes Jews never went through, they always went around because they didn't want to deal with the Samaritans. Isn't that kind of true in the context of what we talk about? If, if we want to avoid a certain person, anybody know how to go around? Anybody know how to take the other route? Anyone know how to get around an individual or ignore an area or, or act like something doesn't exist? And the Bible says he understood that there was brokenness in between, so he need go to Samaria. I, I, I interest you today to figure out, are there some areas in your life that you need go through? Some areas that God needs to intervene, some areas that God needs to move through in your life, and, and, and you may be at a standstill. Can I tell you that life may be looking good on this end, but Jesus needs to go through. He needs to go through you. He needs to make an impact. He needs to change the way that you see yourself. And I, I believe in the, it's, as we're in this series called I Think I Love People, I, I think I love people uh, only when I can really love myself. Only when I can really see who I am. Only when I can really have the opportunity to take a look at where I'm going. I'm here today because I truly believe there is something to this thing of Samaria. When I think of Samaria, I think of the middle. And when I think of the middle, I think of the word process. Mm, there's something about the middle. Every, everyone wants the, the glitz and glamour to talk about how we got to where we are. And if we can be honest, we like to brag about where we've been and, and we like to brag about where we are now, but we don't like to talk about what it used to be and where I used to fall in the cracks when things weren't so perfect. And, and, and when I'm presenting myself, oftentimes I'm presenting the best version of myself. Anybody know about that? It, it, you, you present the best you that's possible. You present the you that, that looks the best. When you, when you put it on Instagram, it's the you that's polished with the haircut. And it's the you where you're trimmed up. And it's the you that, you, you, you know, as, as, as Pastor John was talking about, you just came from your run. But you didn't show nobody when you was eating that donut before the run. We, we're, we, we oftentimes love to show the end product without showing the process. We like showing people how, how, how it looks at the end, but 
Can I tell you, people need to see what it looks like in the middle. People need to see what it looks like in in the space in between because what you show me is that I made it all by myself. I always made great decisions. Uh, I was always on point. Uh, I always studied. Uh, I always found myself in the place where where I, I practice and I'm this good because of the great decisions that I made. If I can be honest, and if you could be honest, you know there were some bad decisions in between the good ones. You know there were some bad moments in between the successful moments. And you recognize that there's something about the process. Write that word down, the process. The process is important because the end result is what you get to, but the process is what makes you. The process is what forms you and and, and gets you into where you are because here's the thing. You can get to an end product with skipping the process and have to repeat the same lesson all over again. Mm. (laughs) You got the car, you got the house, but you're still broke because you didn't learn how to manage your money. Just because there's an end result that benefits you doesn't mean you went through what you needed to in order to learn to get to where you need to be. So I can be in what seems to be a blessing without going through a process, but the oversight is, is that I'll find myself back in the same place I used to be for not learning what I should have. And I think that we oftentimes forget how we got where we were. We will post the degrees, we will shoot the house, we will tell you about the car, we will tell you about our kids that graduated, but we won't tell you about the true mess that we went through during the school year. And so I tend to think we gotta remember what's called the middle. The middle is important. In the middle, is where I don't have it all together. (laughs) In the middle is where I'm a little shaky on what I'm doing. In the middle is where I really should tell my story. And if we go back to this story, we understand that in verse 17, Jesus brings this woman back to her middle. After she is competing with Christ and and she's trying to tell him where the Messiah will be and and, and, and Jacob's well and and, and where they will come and and, 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 and she's trying to get it all out. But the problem is, is that Jesus knows more to her story. He understands there's a little bit more depth in in all her knowledge and her religiosity and, and thinking what we know and thinking what we've been preached to and thinking what we understand. The real understanding is that Jesus knows the real you. He knows the you on the inside. He knows and understands who you are and how you're made up. And Jesus just wanted to give her a check just for her to understand, I know you. (laughs) Nobody else knows you. Nobody else sees you the way I, listen, when you get on stage, you're good with it. When you get to work, you're killing it. When you get in front of people, you are amazing. But... At the end of the day, Jesus sees the real you. 
and he still accepts you for who you are. The Bible says he need go through Samaria. He need go through this part that no one else wanted to touch. He need go through. And we must be careful because we'll never really get to love others around us if we can't see the faults within ourselves. Because grace comes out of the brokenness of my acknowledgement of other people and the acknowledgement of my own mess-ups. Anybody remember when you were messing up how much grace you had then and the difference in the grace that you have when you got it all together? And I know the, the, the generosity that you had when you didn't have a whole lot and, and, and you were willing to share it, but once you got it, you started looking around and saying, no, 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 I can't help you there. No, 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 please don't touch the car. It's, it's, it's brand new. No, 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 you can't come over because I got nice carpet and I don't want nobody messing it up. No, 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 please uh, stay right where you are. I'm, I'm trying to let you know you forget about where you came from when you never took off your shoes to get in the house. Because your carpet was brown and it wasn't the way you bought it. It's something about the middle that Jesus doesn't want her to forget. Because in, in her moment of, of, of telling Jesus what he already knows, he interrupts her to say, if you really knew who were right here, if you really understood the power that was before you, if you really understood what's laying before you, you wouldn't be so quick to talk. You would ask for this living water. And sometimes we're missing Jesus while right in his house. Sometimes we're missing the Holy Spirit and God's movement right while we're in it, acting, doing, and we miss the presence of God. We miss God's presence, and he's saying, come back because I know the real you. <laughs> I know the you that was on Monday that wasn't so holy, that wasn't lifting their hands, that wasn't in the holies of holies, that did not offer up the sacrifice of praise. The you that didn't understand where you were, what you were going to do, that was trying to understand if I'm going to do this or if I'm going to serve God, that's the you I really know. So bring it under subjection because we often think ourselves greater than what we are. And Jesus brings it in and he tells her, listen, how about you go tell your husband? Go get your husband. Nah, I'm, she says, I'm not, I'm not married. Jesus says, yeah, I know. You had five husbands and the one you're with now is not even your husband. Can I tell you that Jesus is good at exposing the real us if we allow him to? The fear about true exposure is that People will know, and so because I care about the hearts of people so much more than the freedom that God wants to offer me, I get stuck in pleasing people, yet being in bondage. And I can sing and speak chains fall while every time I'm still bound. And the Bible wants us to know that he was saying to her, if you can just allow this truth to come out of you, the truth will set you free. <laughs> Some of us are living in our own bondage just because we don't want to be free. Just because we're making the decision to
to be people pleasers. You know those kind of people. They want to make sure that everybody looks at them the right way, sees them the right way. But then you have people that are desperate enough. I don't know if I have anybody that's online right now that's desperate enough that you stop caring about what people think and you're starting to say, I need the freedom that God has for me and I'm willing to sacrifice what people think about me so that he can do the work inside of me. The Bible lets us know that she went away from the well and she left her jaw and everything. Because when you take on Jesus' agenda, you'll leave your own agenda behind. All at the well, everything that she came for, everything that she was there to be, midday because she didn't want people to look at her, she finally started to feel that there's something about this man and the freedom that he has to offer me that if I can grab a hold to what he's saying, he could change my life forever. And so our idea is not to fear the truth, but allow the truth to break us free. And the Bible says she goes in and she tells them, come see a man that told me everything about myself. (laughs) Come see a man that told me everything about the middle, that didn't speak about the greatness of what I've done, that didn't speak just about uh, the achievements and the accomplishments, but come see a man that told me how I messed up and really didn't deserve it, but yet by the grace of God, he included me when I didn't deserve it. It's one of, one of those kind of moments and thought processes. It's, it's truly to help me understand, come see a man who is willing to tell me the truth. Because if you really understand, when you've got real people in your life, they'll tell you the truth about where you are. I don't want to be left where I am. So I need the truth to set me free. And I tend to believe that in your life, the middle it's the most impactful place that you got. The middle is the, is the place where people can connect to you. Everybody doesn't really connect to your ending. <laughs> because your ending seems so sweet that when I'm down in my mess, I can't really get with your cool stuff because my ending doesn't look like your ending. And how great it is right now for you doesn't look like how great it is for me. And so I don't, I don't tend to, to connect with that. But there's something about when you start telling me what you used to look like and what Jesus has brought you to that transitions my mind and my perspective to start thinking if he can do it for you, there's a possibility I can be set free. Mm. And so... My thought process is is that you can't forget about your middle space. Don't forget about it. I'm here today to let you know God is going to bless you beyond measure. I'm here today to let you know that God will set you free. I'm here today to let you know that God will do more than you can imagine or think. I'm here today to let you know there are blessings beyond that you can never understand. But I'm here today to let you know, don't you forget about your middle. Don't you forget about your Samaria. Remember, you had to go through in order to get to where you were. You had to go through in order to receive the healing that God had for you. You had to go through in order for God to do the work inside of you. So stop just giving the picture of how pretty it looks at the end and tell somebody about the middle of the story. 
The middle of the story when I didn't have it all together, when I was crying, when I really didn't know where I was. The, the middle of the story where, where things didn't look perfect. The middle of the story where my finances weren't where they wanted to be. I'm so grateful that you paid it off. But tell me about it when your credit score was a three. Tell me about it when, when, when things weren't as perfect. So I have some hope to believe that where you are, God can get me to as well. And one of my first points that I believe is extremely important in you understanding the, 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 the idea, the, the, the perspective of how I, I move forward and the blessings and, 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 and the understanding of what God wants to give to me, how I can move forward, but how I stay humble in the process. Because the Bible lets us know that in this world, all we're looking for is the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. We're, we're looking for the things of this world to satisfy us, and, and, and they never will. So I've got to stay humble. I've got to stay grounded in the things of God. The first point I want you to understand is that we need to ask God to expose us. Ask God to expose you. Why would I do that, Pastor Marcus? It's just crazy enough to free you out of your brokenness of where you are. The Bible says in Psalms 139, verses 23 and 24, David said, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Search me. Well, how much can God search for you? How, how, how much is God still weaning out on you? How much is God still emptying you of, of yourself, of who you are? How much is God pulling outside of you? How much is he, he taking out of you? Because here's the idea. Your compassion for others lies in the grace you've been given. Your compassion for others. See, when I don't really care about people is when I forget about the grace that God extended to me. The way that you have a heart for a broken world, the way that you have a heart to see people healed, and a way that you have a heart to see people uh, uh, set free is that you got to remember once you were bound, but now you are set free. I keep a reminder that I'm not all perfect. And can I even say this in this moment, being black, I am not all perfect against white people. I'm not all perfect in this equality, in this justice uh, protest and movement that we're going. So I must remember in everything that I want, I must still extend grace. I still must hold grace as a part of who I am. Why? Because the Bible lets me know when I clothed myself with Jesus, my DNA changed so that I was more like him and less like me. Ask God to expose you. No, ask God to expose the real you. <laughs> because I'm going to say this real quick to church people. If you've been in church long enough, you know how to get over the point of exposure and expose just enough to feel good about where you are. It's like I give God just enough as not to get into the, the deep places. The, the, real, the real places of my life. And you know what the enemy does? He reminds us often of how unworthy we are. 
And as that continues to keep going and going in your mind, you never get over the place where you see yourself any greater than where you are. Because what? You are fully focused into, I'm not good enough. I can't make it. I can't do it. And God is saying, you are greater. You are more than. You are something special. But you have to see what God is saying on the inside of you. So say, God, expose it. And here's what happens with exposure. The enemy has nothing to hold over your head anymore. It's nothing like somebody having something over your head that you keep trying to keep covered up and in secret and in the corner. And I don't need people to know about it. God says, let the truth be the truth and watch it set you free. So ask God to expose you. Number two, let your weakness be your testimony. Let your weakness be your testimony. The idea is that I always want to tell you my strength. But one of the greatest things that I love asking people uh, as I talk to them or, or connect with them is give me a strength and also give me a weakness because a weakness lets me know that you don't think you're in perfection. A weakness lets me know that there's something on the inside, there's something around you that can be worked on. If you're living in a context where you believe you've made it, then there's nothing else to work on. And I stay stagnant where I am because the idea is, is that I'm good where I am. And while you are good where you are, the world is still moving. And God is still doing. And God has a limit on what he can do in you when you can't move anywhere than where you are. So he's at a, a halt in your life. He, he can't get you. And you're asking and praying. Corey, oftentimes I find we ask God and pray, Lord, can you move this and, and can you get me to the next season? And God says, the season is open. It's you that's stuck. I don't need another door to be prayed open. God's just like, I need you to get off your high horse and walk in it. I need you to flow through it. It's not that you need more money. It's that you need to manage your money better. It's not that you need another house. It's need that, that you need to be grateful for the one you're in, what, right now. Learn how to keep this one. I'll give you, what, another one. Because oftentimes I'm looking for things that are already available to me. God is not behind in prayer requests. We're behind in obedience. We're behind in God doing what he wants to do because he's like, I'm waiting on you. So what you need to do is take inventory and see, God, where is my weakness so that I can build strength in it so that you can use me in the places that need to be used. And I don't stay where I am. The Bible lets us know in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved. Through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. The results of what you see in my life are by the grace of God. I would be humble if I walked around understanding that I got to where I am by the grace of God. 
I wouldn't throw my salary out there again. I wouldn't throw my credit out there again. I wouldn't throw my good money management. I would basically tell you it's the grace of God. And then he gave me a little information to go do it. But truthfully, at the end of the day, if I look at my circumstances, if I look at my past, if I look at where I came from, I didn't have money managers. I didn't have people to teach me about relationships. I would be drowned where I am, yet by the grace of God. So where I am is all because of his grace. He led you in the right direction. He sent you to the right bank. He put you in the right podcast. He connected you with the right people. What he's doing in your life that you keep bucking up against, God is saying, I'm trying to change the framework if you would see with different eyes. God puts us in different places and environments so that we can move and operate differently because if you stay where you are and stay where you've been, you'll keep doing the exact same things you've been pre-repeating for the last couple years of your life. Your uncomfortable moments is an answered prayer from God. <laughs> Not too many people can accept that one. But your uncomfortable moment is the answer prayer from God. Everything you complained about that would not work, everything you complained about that would not turn over, all the people that would not be a part of your life, no one cared, I've got church hurt, this person hurts me, and God puts you right in the space where you can get healing and nurturing and spiritual rejuvenation, and we'll go and say, God, it's not what I'm used to, and God is saying, but I'm trying to take you from what you're used to to where you need to be. Can I tell you, stop bucking against the things that you think you're so strong in and accept the weaknesses of your life that, God, I cannot do this without you. I can't. I don't have the ability. I need to stop thinking. I need to stop adding my two cents and trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. He will direct your path. What God is trying to do is to remove you out the middle because some of us have been stuck in the middle for so long. And no one has ever challenged us out of the middle because honestly, the middle is a safe place for us to stay so that we can continue to do what we wanted to do. And because we had no vision or goal, because we were stuck in a place where no one had vision or goal for us, we were comfortable where we were because there was no higher place for us to go. And so I get stuck in the same place doing the same thing because it looks like it's a good end and God says, I have something greater. Let your weakness be your testimony. And point number three, make the connection. The Bible says she ran back and told the people in the town, and the people in the town came out, the people that would never connect with Jesus, the people that would never be a part of talking to a Jew man, and, and they come, and they want to hear from him, and they want to hear the words he has to say. See, your middle is a testimony to what God can do in your life, and your middle helps people to see that God is willing to do it for them as well. But if you're never able to share where you came from, you'll stay where you are. And, and I'm, I'm scared that we get too caught up in showing people the beautiful picture that we forget about the process of what God has brought us through. 
and who he's making us to because God is so much more in tuned, not to the end result of what you will become, what you're going to be, but he's so much into the process of who you are becoming. Care more about the process than you do the end goal. Care about learning than you do getting the thing or moving to the next place or, or, or what's the next season. God's like, just learn what you're supposed to learn. And every season that I lined up for you will come where it's supposed to be. Make the connection. Romans 10, chapter 14 through 15 says this. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him Unless someone, you, tells them. And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news. The Bible says the good news is a, is a message of hope. Not a message of fame. Not a message of accomplishments. It's a message of hope. It's the good news. It's what God's saying for those today that come unto me, all ye who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Remove the yoke from off your shoulders and place it on the shoulders of our Savior. You're not called to change people. You're called to connect people. You're called to connect people to the Savior. And the best way to do that is through the testimony of your middle. Jesus has need to go through your middle. Jesus has need to go through your Samaria. Jesus has need to go through the parts that nobody else wants to go through and that nobody else wants to entertain and that nobody else wants to deal with. And Jesus is saying, today, I'll go through it. I'll see it. I don't care what the rest of the world says. I'll go through it. And when I go through it, I'll make you new. And the new you is the you that can love anybody that God sends in front of you. Whether they have hatred in their heart or racism, God will give you the ability to love because you remember the grace that he's shown you in the middle. Today I want to let you know, don't forget about the middle. Don't forget about where God has set you. Don't forget about the place where the Lord has brought you from. He has brought me from a mighty long way and today I can stand ashore that if God is willing to do it for me he is definitely willing to do it for you can we pray today father we thank you so much for your heart we thank you so much that you would love us beyond where we are we thank you so much that you would care for us in this moment beyond we could ever imagine or even think. Father, I pray today in the name of Jesus Christ that you would minister to people right now in this moment in the middle. People right now in this moment at a space where they don't seem to understand and seem to focus. God, I, I pray right now that they forget not where they came from, but that to understand it is nothing but your grace and your mercy that has brought them thus far. And it is your grace that will lead them on. We honor you, we thank you, and we praise you. Today, there's someone that I believe that's looking at this moment that is saying to themselves, I need Jesus. I, I can't
can't tell you all of what I believe. I, I can't tell you how much of it I believe. But you know there is a need on the inside of you that is greater than what you could ever imagine or think. And so right now, I am asking you, if that is you, type in the comment section, I need Jesus. And I want to pray a prayer with you. For those of you that are looking for a first start or a fresh start that have walked away from Jesus and, and said, you know, I don't want to do this thing anymore. God is calling you back to this moment right now. And so I want to pray this prayer with you. And I, and I pray, just take a moment aside or an opportunity, and I want to pray this. And it's not the prayer that saves you. It is the posture of your heart. Repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for accepting me just as I am. Forgive me for my sins. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And I commit to putting you first in my life. Take control of the throne of my life and make me who you want me to be. In Jesus' name, we say amen. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's message. If you want to learn more about our church, check us out at www.yourdestiny.church. Meet our leadership team, find a way to connect with our church, and partner with us through giving. You can also connect with us on social media by visiting our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages. Tune in next week for another message from our pastor, Stephen Chandler.